Welcome to the Star Hours podcast. I am the Star Sports Editor Chris Holt, standing in for Steve Jones this week. Um, this week we have the Magic of the Cup, the even more magical Papa John's Trophy, and we look forward to the upcoming arrival and return to Hillsborough of pantomime villain or dame, depending on whether he's going to wear his eyeliner this week, Steve Evans as Gillingham head to Sheffield. Uh, with me, of course, is Alex Miller. Joe Cran is currently gallivanting around the world uh, for what feels like a year and a half. Um, <laughs> so, Alex, it's me and thee, as they say around these parts. They do say that around these parts. Um, yeah, thrilling couple of games, I'm going to say. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into them. Okay, we will go in chronological order. Um, what we learned this week is that if you're trying to make an argument for the magic of the cup don't use Sheffield Wednesday as your basis Um, (laughs) (laughs) it it wasn't exactly a cup classic was it on Sunday no um, it definitely wasn't the whole the whole atmosphere and and I think a lot of it was obviously down to the fact that it was inexplicably changed to a a Sunday 12-15 kickoff which I mean, Plymouth brought nearly 600 fans, which is incredible, really. I mean, just sort of shows. Um, to, to, to make that trip, I think some of the coaches set off at half three in the morning. Um, Leadmill must have been packed with people from Devon on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd think so. But, it, I mean, it was just, yeah, it just, the whole thing felt sleepy. Like the, the performance, the crowd. Uh, there was a point where I, I sort of said, you know, it feels like it was back behind closed doors. It was one of those sort of things. It was just, um, yeah, and a nil-nil, a fair result. I think there were stages of the game that were a bit open, but there were it was sort of the first twenty minutes, and then Wednesday came on strong, sort of in the last fifteen minutes, and Lewis Wing had that great chance at the end. Um, yeah, it was just a pretty. <laughs> that was pretty, it. Really. <laughs> I, must, I must admit, you know from watching the first say 15 minutes or so as you said it was quite open and I thought this could be a really good game here because it looked very clear that neither team wanted a replay and they wanted to get this one done and dusted and out of the way as quickly as possible but then neither team could score a sideboard with a hatchet as <laughs> I wonder where you were going to go with that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no it's it just you know, Wednesday had Berhino up front, who obviously is has been lacking in game time, um, you know, for quite some time, really. So, you, I I do wonder if if they'd have maybe done it the other way around and started Gregory and maybe just try to get it, get a couple of goals on the board and take him off. Then might, that might have been a better way around. But that's you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I think it it may have worked better. Who knows? You you don't really know. But it was just one of those games where. It's just hard to pinpoint anything really happening. There's probably Billy Peacock, Billy Peacock Farrell save, which was superb. And as you say, Lewis Wing's chance right at the end. And he had had a pretty poor game actually, so it, it probably fell to the wrong, the wrong player at the wrong time as well, didn't it? Yeah, possibly. It's a funny one, Lewis Wing, because he's he's almost. I think by his own admission, things haven't gone the way that he might have liked. Um, but, you know, he was showing signs of, of sort of stepping out of that, 
that funk really. Um, but you know, he, he wasn't the only one by any stretch. It was just, it was just such a turgid game. You could see it. Just, it didn't feel like there was anyone in the whole ground that was up for it. You know what I mean? It was just the players had to be there. The fans felt like they had to be there. Speaking to Darren afterwards, it didn't seem like he was too emotionally involved in the whole thing. And and yeah, it just means that we've got a lovely long trip down to Devon next week, which I'm thoroughly looking forward well, to. We we don't, Alex. You do. So yeah. you, you, good luck to, with you. Uh, good luck with that because uh, that. I, I mean, if you wanted any more motivation to win that match. It was let's not have to go down to Plymouth on a Tuesday night or, or lose that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the the players would have wanted to lose, but I'm sure some of them in the back of their mind would be going to know what we could do without this. Yeah, um, it, it, look, we, we we sound a bit miserable here. At the end of the day, it is now and, and with the game on on Tuesday night as well. You know the. Three consecutive clean sheets now with the Harrogate game. Uh, nine and beaten in all competitions. It, it's not been tremendously pretty in in stages, but uh, everything that Darren Moore was was sort of saying a, a, what, a few weeks ago when everything was getting a little bit hairy and there was some some anger, which still exists to a to a point, I guess. But you know, it, it does feel. And again, it hasn't been pretty. It does feel like that there is something building here, just in terms of being a bit more resolute and and all the things that previous managers have spoken about in terms of a, a sort of like a soft underbelly to the to the Wednesday squad. Um, yeah, which hopefully. is fine, really. I, I mean, if you ask any Wednesday fan, I, I mean, if you ask a hundred Wednesday fans, do they care what the team looks like? this season in terms of what they're producing and the entertainment value uh, 90 of them would tell you i couldn't give a stuff i just want to win matches and get out of this league and i don't care what how they do it yeah. so if it's going to make them at least hard to beat which as you touched on there to be honest they've been far from hard to beat or certainly far from hard to get points off um that's all you could do, really, isn't it? If you if you if you're conceding goals and you're dropping points, then just make yourself hard to beat, and then build on that, and <clears throat> maybe the confidence will will go up, and you might see a bit of free flowing football. But I, I suppose the old adage is, you do the hard work first, and then earn the right to to play nice football. But the fact that they weren't, you know, on that run, they weren't losing games. You know, it was four four draws in a row in the league. Uh, we, we said this at the time, that that run was either going to be a good run or a bad run, depending on what happened now and, and over the next few weeks, because it, it, it kept them in touch. You know, there, there was this concern. I think it was two two league wins in nine. and But the fact they were drawing, it, it kept them on the edge of the, the playoff spot. So, uh, yeah, if they can go on a decent run, I don't know, between now and Christmas or something and, and get themselves into that, that playoff berth. Um yeah, I'm just booking my hotel for Wembley already, Chris. For which competition? Every because cup. all of them, because this is it. So they're still in the cup. Um, just to touch on, they have got Rochdale or Notts County in the in the second round. Should they find a way past Plymouth, 
Um, well, either of them would do, really. North County would be quite nice, wouldn't it, really, just down the road? Yeah, I, I went to Rochdale last year in the League Cup as well. Um, so, yeah, North County would be a good one to tick off. Yeah, so we'll not look too far ahead of that. There's obviously a lot... Well, there's not a lot. There's another match anyway before before they deal with that. Um, so on to Harrogate, which um, was... I never saw all the match. I've seen bits and pieces of it, which seemed like kind of a strange game in that... I mean, let's be honest, 4-0 flattered Wednesday, didn't it, really? Yeah, a little bit. I thought they were. I thought they were good. Um, once they got themselves going, but yeah, I think you know that on another day, I sort of said after an hour when Wednesday Wednesday were two 0 up. Um, if it, if the scores had been reversed, it wouldn't have been too much of a, a shocker. Do you know what I mean? The, the Harrogate had had some good chances. Look look very good going forward actually, and that's what what Simon Weaver's sort of. Uh, set set them up to be, <coughs> excuse me, um, but yeah, the, you know, Joe Wildsmith had a very good night. He's not disgraced himself in any way, shape, or form in the, in the matches that he's played, um, which, which sort of leads to an interesting conversation at some point over next season and what might happen um, in terms of the the goalkeeper at Wednesday. But um, yeah, Harrogate were pretty poor at the back, um, and, and Wednesday finished well, which follows on from. From the Sunderland three 0 win, um, in that you know they didn't have an absolute glut of chances and, and walked away pretty handsome winners. So um, yeah, fairly encouraging, I think. And, and from the second string as well, you know, ten changes. Um, good to see Luongo and Byers play a big part in the middle of midfield. Karedi Adedoyin scored. Silaso continues on his mission to be the Pizza Cup Player of the Season. Um, yeah, what an so, honour that would be! I mean, huge for for any you know young foreign player to come to England. It's exactly what you want to do: bash a few past a bunch of Premier League kids and and Harrogate Town, and and yeah, get a trophy at the end of it. The dream is alive, very much so. I'm excited. I'm uh, yeah, two trips to Wembley. I mean, I'm going three. FA Cup as well. FA Cup. Papa John's playoff final. Yeah. We rename in Wembley, Sheffield South. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as you touched on there, Luongo and Byers return. Um, aside from the result itself, that was a key point from last night, really, wasn't it? He was on, they were, they were both on the bench on Saturday. Um, there were, a few times in that game, or Sunday it was, sorry, a few times in that game where it started to get a little bit frantic as both teams kind of pushed forward and it got a little, I would say physical, but there, were, there was a few tackles flying in and the last thing Darren Moore would have wanted, I guess, was throw those two in at that stage and then get injured again. So last night, uh, as in Tuesday, was probably the perfect night for for Byers and Luongo to to. Uh, make their recovery, or yeah, set back into increase their increase their their game time. Yeah, it couldn't have gone much better, really. I mean, Byers scored, didn't he? Um, I think he had a bit of a laugh afterwards about the fact that he scored with his head. Um, whether he's done that before in his career, I'm not sure. 
Um, but in particular, his, Matthew, hair, his hair looks like a man who has the ball all day long. Yeah, yeah. I asked him about that a few weeks ago, and yeah, telling me about his hair product and stuff. This is sort of the, the cutting edge journalism that the, the star pay me for, Chris. Um, but yeah, the, in terms of the one go, so I, I wasn't in the press box last night. I went, I went with a friend who's a Harrogate Town fan, um, and he sort of nudged me halfway through the first half and went, "That he, he's a good player." You know, you can see, and and was sort of questioning why on earth he was playing in that match. Um, and yeah, I think look, Wednesday have a, a little bit of an opportunity here with with players coming back because we gather that that Josh Windass maybe, you know, sometime soon, you know, over the, over the next few weeks, certainly. Um, with the Wongo and, and Byers, you've got some of the young lads come back from from loan. Kieran Brennan could well, you know, be be involved with the first team given all the injuries that there are in in defence. So. Yeah, in, in, in certain positions, things are, are coming back and it just all sort of builds with this momentum of the clean sheets and the the, uh, the lack of defeats and all the rest of it. So, you know, touch wood in uh, in a month's time, you know, we're talking about Wednesday, you know, being well back on track with, with a promotion push. Leongo's return is, is crucial to that, isn't he, really, in terms of building that momentum of... Steel, really, you know, of 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 just kind of securing and securing that kind of whole area of the pitch, really, where really Wednesday struggle because as much as you talk about the the sloppy goals that they can see, a lot of it came through the middle of the park, and it just became so easy to to break down. And when you've got a player like Luongo who is all action and breaks up play and does everything really simply, and he's you know he's physical as well. He's crucial in this division. He's absolutely vital, isn't he? Really? Yeah, and especially with the absence of Hutchinson at the minute, because you think you know there's no one else in the squad really that's going to do that sort of job. I think Byers has sat deep. Obviously, Bannon's been pushed deep in in uh, in recent weeks, and actually, I you know seen a different side to Barry Bannon in in a couple of the games because he's he's sort of been quite waspish and flying into tackles a little bit which you, you don't normally associate with him but yeah I, th- I think if they can and it's a, it is a big if and it, it's horrible to say but it is a big if with Luongo if he can stay fit you know he'd be a massive massive player in this league because he is just a an absolute monster in in what he does you know just carves around and, and, and makes big tackles as you say so yeah a potential game changer a lot you know along with you know, how much of a game changer is Jules Byers? Well, he's a you know he's another body in there. He's another creative player to potentially take some of the um, the attention away from Bannon. But Windass and, and the Wonga, whenever whenever Windass might come back, but yeah, there'd be huge game changing uh, returns. I think. Um, moving on. So we're back to league action this weekend. Um, well, I am. You're not. Um, you. The listeners or viewers are going to see and hear and read a little bit more from me over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, Gillingham, Gillingham next up is the next the next challenge for Sheffield Wednesday. They look to, to kind of build on this. Um, they've had a funny little run, really. They were obviously struggling for wins, but they've they've had two draws and a and a win in their last their last three games. They're obviously quite far down the table, but there's not a massive gap around that kind of area of of league one and the, the, the division um what can we expect from them 
everything you expect from a Steve Evans team. Yeah, housery, um, yeah. niggling. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just classic Steve Evansness. I think um, we've got. I think they're likely to have quite a sort of read a couple of bits this morning about Gillingham, and they've got a few injuries. You know how many of them come through? I don't know. In time for Saturday, but yeah, quite a young side. Not necessarily bouncing with confidence. They've got one win in nine, but like you say, they've had a bit of an uptick in form. Um, it's an interesting reading. Max Aimer, who um, is one of their more experienced players. Um, another one to talk about the experience of coming to Hillsborough and, and potentially raising their game. And um, it's just something that you know Wednesday are going to have to have to deal with because um, you can you can well imagine Steve Evans um, getting them pumped and riled up for for this one and and if there are young players whether there'll be a fearlessness there you know in in what is such a big game for them i think you know they've spoken about it at sunderland haven't they? and they um, to a to a degree portsmouth about the difficulty of clubs coming and um yeah ra- raising their game um and i think wednesday have done done quite well in in sort of controlling the tempo and and getting the ball down and i don't know sort of Playing their own game at Wednesday in the in the uh, in the last few games, so yeah, hopefully that's the the case again, and it can uh, calm everything down on Saturday. As you said, there they've they're likely to have quite a young team. I'm l- looking forward to writing Satole because there's a there's a niche. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's a couple of niches in there that that are going to catch me out. Um, yeah, they're they're going to have a young team, and as you say, they it's a kind of sink or swim for them. Really, they could they could come in and absolutely be overawed by by playing in a big stadium with with what's likely to be a, a fairly big crowd, or they could just come in and be absolutely brilliant. and 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 Steve Evans has an awful habit of getting teams his teams up for for this match. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting character, and I'm I'm sad that I'm missing Saturday actually because I'd quite like to uh, to have spoken to him because he's quite quotable, isn't he? But yeah, I mean they do have. I don't think he's I don't think he's forgiven Wednesday for he wasn't offered the job, but he was certainly at one stage in the running for for Wednesday, or certainly he likes to tell people he was anyway. Mm. Um, and since then, he's. Um, not exactly being flavour of the month around S six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The, I mean, the young players that you're talking about, you know, they're quite exciting. Like that, that's Italy that you've you've mentioned. I'm not going to pretend that I've watched lots and lots of Gillingham, but you know, the reading that you do do suggests that they are good good young players. So it will, it will be another test. You know, you, you'd like to think this is the sort of game that Wednesday will win. Now we, we've said that before, haven't we? Joe and I, in particular, have, have sort of said that most weeks. But you know, looking at the league table and, and looking at the momentum that they build up, it's now really that that Wednesday need to get themselves going. If if they're going to have a go at the the automatic spots, um, I still do you, that's, do you think that's up for grabs now? At, at the minute, it's 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 opening up a little bit more, isn't it? Yeah, I don't see why not. If they can if they can go on a run, but they need to go on a good run and they need to start winning the games that they've been drawing. Um, I still fancy them for the top six personally. Um, but yeah, I think I think now's now's the time. You know, the the game's coming up to Christmas. See where they are in Christmas, and 
and go from there, really. But with the players coming back, like I say, it just feels like there's a bit of a momentum shift at the minute. It kind of feels like you can start to pick teams off a little bit now in terms of the league table. So you could maybe, it's maybe a possibility we can look at Sunderland and go, right, we'll leave for where they are now because they're floundering a little bit. And then you maybe say, right, well, let's let's aim for Wickham after that and then just see what happens. But that's obviously thinking a little bit too far ahead. It's, it's getting results on the board. It's, it's the most important thing at the minute. And we're about to come into that absolutely crazy schedule. Um, not helped, of course, by that um, FA Cup replay. Um, in 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 terms of that and the amount of games that are about to come up over the next uh, six weeks or so, six weeks, two months, um, what shape is the squad in? In 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 terms of numbers and players potentially come back or being out or or where. Yeah, Darren Moore said something interesting that sort of the training schedule and all the rest of it is going to be, you know, torn up and and put back together again. So, you know, how much how much training they'll they'll do between matches and all the rest of it uh, remains to be seen. You know, I don't expect Dominic Iorfa or Sam Hutchinson to be a part anytime particularly soon. Um, same with Josh Windass. I think he's he's probably still a little bit away. Um, and you don't know how much George Byers and Massimo Luongo can play in terms of volume. Do you know what I mean? I think they'll be eased back quite steadily. So, um, yeah, woe betide Sheffield Wednesday name a weaker team in the FA Cup, Chris, but um, it could well be a, a bit of an option. And, and you, you just know, want to republish that article from last week then? Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just... I don't know. It, it, it bodes well, I guess. The the performance against Harrogate and and some of the players that that stood up, um, you know, so the so got a goal and and some of these guys, some of the younger players. So whether they'll be trusted down at Plymouth, um, it's a long way to go to watch Sheffield Wednesday reserves. But um, yeah, I'd expect to see a, perhaps a few changes. Something that I was going to say it's gone under the radar, but it hasn't because it actually raised quite a few eyebrows. Um, Marvin Johnson's slotted into the centre of defence, which on the face of it seems like an absolutely crazy decision to make. Um, but I was really impressed by him. Obviously, I haven't seen as much of Wednesday as you have um, this season, but I was really impressed. He was probably my man of the match, in fact, on on Sunday. Um, and Darren spoke about him afterwards on Sunday as well in, in terms of what he's brought into the team. It, Darren's actually just been a little bit clever there and thought, we need somebody who's comfortable on the ball here in the in the back and and you know whether that be a winger or or whatever that we just needed somebody who was is not going to panic when the ball comes to them or, or isn't going to make stupid decisions and he and he just looked really comfortable there on Sunday and and I don't know he he may have added a couple more years on his on his career if he if he carries on like this yeah well, I think we. We were all expecting when they signed Johnson that he was going to play where Borough played him as sort of a an inside, you know, a, 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 on the left of a front three and yeah. and sort of coming in and and I think he might have played one game there early doors, but more had him at, at left back, which was you know raised eyebrows at the time, and then he's just done really well and and it makes <laughs> in hindsight it makes sense because it's gone all right, but. In terms of his attributes, he's quick, 
the number of attacks that he started from the back um, and left-footed, which, you know, I think Darren puts an awful lot of mileage in. He, you know, he, he definitely wants a left-footed player on that side. He's had Liam Palmer there once or twice, but um, in terms of the balance and, and opening out and find his, the man on the outside, it's, yeah, I mean, Marvin Johnson's done done brilliant. He's tall as well. Um, and it just simply wouldn't work. There was a lot of, it was when I think Shay Dunkley was on the bench when Johnson first moved in there. Um, and you can't expect, for, for all Shay Dunkley's qualities, you can't expect him to to start attacks from the back. Um, so with him in the middle and a couple of ball players outside, I thought Kieran Brennan was very good against uh, Harrogate Town. Obviously, started one of the goals with a Beckenbauer-esque sort of ball diagonally. Um, so, yeah, it, it just makes a bit of sense. And, and credit to Marvin Johnson, who, you know, is an experienced player now, but some players might have gone under with all the, the pressure. I think, you know, the fans didn't particularly take to him in the in the first few weeks of the season, but hopefully he's coming around. I'm, I'm starting to call him Marv Dini, but it's not really catching on, I've got to say. I might, I might give it a rest. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, as you say, if they're going to want to play from the back, and, and we... <laughs> it just, just reminded, as I say that, it just reminded me of you pointing out that, that Carlton, a couple of minutes in, Carlton Palmer was sat behind us, uh, summarising for Radio Sheffield on Sunday, and a couple of minutes in, they're playing out from the back was ridiculed. <laughs> not <laughs> not barely, as much. They barely kicked the ball. As I mentioned, I was in the, the stands for the Harriet game and there was a man to my left who, it's fair to say, did not appreciate the fact that Wednesday were, And it was quite obviously quite quiet because there were, there were about 75 of us there or whatever. Um, and, yeah, shouting down to, to Darren Moore, who definitely heard him uh, and I think wasn't, wasn't too impressed. So, yeah, it'll take some winning over this uh, playing out from the back. But, but if, you've got, if you've got an attacking player... I, I, you know, and a time skillful attacking player who's clearly very comfortable on the ball, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's if you have two Shea Dunkleys trying to play out from the back is is where I, you know, obviously there's not two Shea Dunkleys, but if you've got two players, yeah. two players like that who are trying to do it, that's where my issue is with it. But if you've got a football in centre half who's obviously very capable of doing it, then I don't have I don't have a problem with it. It's time and place, and I think the the Harrogate game, you know, they did get in some trouble. You know, Harrogate pressed really well, and it's one of the things that they do. Um, but yeah, it, it maybe they were guilty of overplaying it a little bit. And well, there was a, it actually led to the Wednesday's goal. Didn't there, was there what was there a point where they were mucking around on the edge of the box? Yeah, and, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody got um, dispossessed, and Wild Smith made a good save, and then Wednesday ended up breaking breaking clear. It, yeah. As you say, it's a time and a place, and if you find that the opposition team are pressing as high up the pitch and in numbers as Harrogate were doing last night, then just don't do it. You know, it, it should yeah. it shouldn't seem really obvious that actually we're. I know we've been working on this all week, but maybe just bend it off this week and go long, or or at least not do it quite as much. Against Plymouth, there was a a, a tactical thing that I sort of spotted and. It sort of came and went a little bit, but sort of noticed Wednesday sort of trying to draw the press on 
and then hitting a ball over the top, which is a, a bizarre thing because you're playing out from the back essentially, but you're also playing quite direct. Yeah. And that and that's been a comment. But what Plymouth did was they pressed, but left the the gap in in the middle in midfield, if that makes sense, and and retained that. So yeah, it, it can look a bit confused at, at times, and I just wonder whether, um, you know, like Ryan Lowe's spotted something there that the opposition managers might might sort of follow a little bit uh, in terms of that because you know there's, there's a lot of noise about Sheffield Wednesday playing out from the back, so I guess teams would be tempted to go all out with a with a full press and all the rest of it and try and catch them out. Um, yeah, there's, there's always a bit of cat and mouse on there with these highly tactical teams, I guess. Yeah. my One of my only issues with it is they play out from the back and end up coming back to the keeper who launches it up the pitch. And you're like, well, if you'd have just done that in the first place, we wouldn't have had this <laughs> mucking around. But I mean, genuinely, that might be, might be part of it. You know, that they are trying to draw people into the press and then, you know, whether they've got, you know, the pace of, of players that can... Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, it, it seems a little bit confused at times, but... This, this was a really, really positive podcast two minutes ago, and it feels like we've got <laughs> one positive aspect, and it, it worked once. And I wonder if this is something that um, that will hopefully be worked upon because I thought it worked quite well. This kind of, I know across the city they had you know overlapping center mm-hmm. halves. Um, I noticed Liam Palmer kind of underlapping a little bit. Uh, particularly on the right, I didn't see quite as much of it on the left hand side, but he was coming inside, not not hitting down the wings, but coming into a kind of I don't know what that position position's called is, but I, I was listening to Man United Women manager the other day. I was gonna say that zone fourteen. I was about to say that. <laughs> it might it might well be zone fourteen. Yeah. But he was he was coming into that kind of I guess to the right of a of where a number ten would be, yeah. uh, you know, but it kind of inside, and um, it was really interesting actually because it 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 really worked, and it, only for the fact that Liam Palmer can't score goals, um, it was it was a really good move because he, he kind of played a one two and and I think somebody back heeled and nutmegged and and he he followed on the run, and that's what I would like to see, just as long as they don't do it all the time and and end up getting getting caught out. He he did that in a league, not league cup, um, pizza cup game against Newcastle, and it, I, I think Liam Palmer had like three shots in the penalty area. So it, you know, it, again, it might well be a thing that they just unleash every now and again. Obviously, Dominic Iorfa's the sort of player that, that, and we've seen him do that a couple of times. Whether Liam's really got the skill set that you'd like for for someone to be bombing on, and no, but you would like to think more of a Johnson would. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, these are. You talk about a lack of identity at Wednesday for the, the last few seasons and, and Darren Moore sort of spoken about the need to sort of instill that. And the, these are little things that I think people are starting to pick up on that, you know, over time may well become something like an identity. Okay, on that, we will draw this podcast to a close, which was a heady mix of negativity and positivity. <laughs> uh, it's reflective of the fan base, I guess, isn't it? And us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of the podcast today. We'll be back next week. Um, I'm sure Alex will be. Steve might be. Joe won't be. Who knows who else? I might I might pop on because I, I'll, I've made myself Sheffield Wednesday's chief writer. 
<laughs> the next couple of weeks so i might pop on myself either way we'll be back next week where uh we'll have um a recap on chillingham and in that very very long trip that alex has next tuesday night where he's heading to devon for the fa cup replay with plymouth which will be a lovely occasion for him i'm sure buzzing buzzing you should be that's enough from us. Uh, thanks for watching and or listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to The Star at thestar.co.uk forward slash subscriptions and keep going back to thestar.co.uk for all the latest Sheffield Wednesday coverage uh, and the best, not just the latest, the best. So, um, yep, keep coming back and you will find everything you need to know about everything that's happening Sheffield Wednesday-wise with us. See you next week.